So my sermon this morning is on uh, building an altar. David messed up with God, built an altar, sacrificed to the Lord. And I said the altar in the Old Testament had many purposes. And that's my clue for Pam to find where I'm at. Uh, good luck, Pam, finding me in this message. There we go. Because um, I've got to skip what I've, many of the things I've already preached. But there you go. The sin offering was offered at the altar. So you walk in the tabernacle in the Old Testament. They, God had Moses build this tabernacle. If you read about it, he was very specific of the dimensions, all that it had to be, how things were made. And specific about the altar itself, it was to be uh, made of bronze. It was, if, if you look at pictures on the internet of uh, what they think it looked like, it had horns on all four sides where they could basically skewer the animal um, on there for the sacrifice. It, it's, it's amazing to me how God ordained that and... Uh, very uh, bloody and messy, but God required a sin offering. And thank the Lord he doesn't require that since Jesus gave himself for us. Uh, Hebrews thirteen fifteen 15 uh, talks about our surrender, but let me... Well, let me read that. Therefore, by him, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. But do not forget to do good and to share for such sacrifices. God is well pleased. Uh, our praise as a sacrifice. So the, you had the sin offering. You, it's also a place to bring your gift. We talked about giving of ourselves. Uh, Romans 12, 1 says, present your bodies a living sacrifice. God no longer requires us to bring some animal. He was very specific in the Old Testament what animals they could bring. If they had the money, they could bring these larger animals. If you didn't, you could bring some doves. And all the way through Jesus' day, the priests were sacrificing these animals. Remember when Jesus went into the temple and they were selling uh, birds for people to purchase. Uh, Jesus' own parents, it said, brought, I think, two turtle doves uh, to the temple. This was going on, and Jesus walked in and saw the mess that was there and how they were just making a market out of the whole situation, turned over the uh, money changers' tables and said, my house shall be called a house of prayer. You remember that? So many people, we, we give our hearts to the Lord, but we make Christianity, we, we put more into, we, we put more requirements on it than, than should be. It, basically, it's complete surrender to Jesus. <laughs> Don't give yourselves to anything else. Now, that doesn't mean we sell everything we have and go live in some, uh, you know, compound <laughs> And uh, wait for Jesus to come back. He said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. So then we get to the third reason uh, 
for the or a third reason for the altar. It's not uh, these are just mine, but there was an altar of incense. You had the the sin offering where they burned the animals. They took the blood from the animals, sprinkled it, basically covered people's sins, not cleansed them. Burned the sacrifice. Just beyond that was this thing called the altar of incense, and it's where they burned a sweet fragrance. Now, if you've ever uh, been around a dead animal, they do not smell good. This altar of incense, you have, if you picture in, in your mind, let's say the, the Holy of Holies is that way. Right here is the, sacri the uh, sin sacrifice, the sin altar. Just past that is this altar of incense. The Holy of Holies is this, this direction. The altar of incense is here. Incense, remember the Bible says that our worship is a sweet fragrance to the Lord. That sweet fragrance is beyond the, the mess, the flesh, the burning flesh, the decaying flesh that's there. It allows us entrance. It allows that uh, we're, we go beyond the flesh. That's why when we worship in our services, when you are in your um, private closet at home and you worship God, you're getting beyond the things of the world, getting beyond the flesh, and you're entering into that presence of the Lord. Worship is not necessarily music. Sometimes we can, we can listen to so much music, we really forget why we're there. We're just enjoying the music. Worship is not just music. It's a vehicle to get us there, but there's that communion with God that we're looking for. So I want to look at, in, in regards to that, Acts chapter 9, verse 1. Wait, that's the wrong verse. What was it? Mark? Sorry. Mark 14. Thank you. I have Acts 9 written here for a different thing. Mark chapter 14, starting with verse 1. I'm going to have to pull it up here because it says, Now the Passover and the festival of unleavened bread were only two days away, and the chief priests and the teachers of the law were scheming to arrest Jesus secretly and kill him. But not during the festival, they said, or people will riot. While they were in Bethany, reclining at the table in the home of Simon the leper, a woman came with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume made of pure nard. She broke the jar and poured the perfume on his head. Some of those present were saying indignantly, I like the uh, parenthetical there, indignantly, to one another, why this waste of perfume? It could have been sold for more than a year's wages and the money given to the pure, and they rebuked her harshly. And Jesus said in verse 6, leave her alone. Why are you bothering her? She has done a beautiful thing to me. The poor you will always have with you and you can help them anytime you want, but you will not always have me. She did what she could. She poured perfume on my body beforehand to prepare for my burial. Truly I tell you, Wherever the gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory 
of her. This is an act of worship. This is that sweet aroma we're talking about. Now, this was done prior to his death, but can you imagine? He is covered in this fragrance. If you've, I don't know, not a, we don't wear cologne. I don't wear cologne like I used to back in the old days. <laughs> oh, I don't know what old means, but when I was younger, I would, I thought, I, to mask whatever teenage smell I had. <laughs> and now it's to mask the, just, just being alive, I think. But anyway, we would spray that perfume on us, and if it got on something, it seemed to stay there. You ever been around someone that they, they might have stepped a little too close to the bottle when they sprayed it on? We tell the choir many times, please be, be considerate of others and don't wear too much perfume because it can really affect different ones of us and your allergies can kick in. And... But Jesus has now been anointed for his burial. Picture you have the sin offering. Well, God knew there was no opportunity for this to come to Jesus and they, they did do more at his death. But this was an act of worship. So many times when we worship God, and we had some wonderful worship in the service this morning, people can look at us sideways. Um, I don't know how else to, to say all this, except we can be, as believers, we can be a little judgmental. Now, don't raise your hand. Don't say yes, because... But there are times when we can. We can watch and we... In my notes, let me read this to you. And I don't know if you... I doubt doubt if you have it. Our worship is not for others to see, to judge, emulate, or watch. Our worship is our expression to God for who He is and what He has done. There are times you don't know, we don't know why someone worships the way they do. We have this lady here in Mark chapter 14 who had been delivered, who was a woman of the world, if you will. So people looked down on her, but God had done a miraculous work. Jesus had done something miraculous for her, and she was offering what she had to him. You and I, as we worship God, I don't know what you've been through that day. I don't know. It seems to me when I've gone through a difficulty, a trial, a struggle, the greater my worship is when I get on the other side. When we first sang the song, The Blessing, We had a lady, she no longer attends our church, she moved to Georgia. The first time we sang it, she screamed out in worship and and it brought a little attention, you know, it just startled everybody. But, and I talked to her uh, and she told me, said, you have no idea what that, what I've been through. And she shared her story and it, 
it's a difficult story from the losing of her parents, the, all these things that have gone on in her life over the years. And that song just touched a nerve for her. And she felt the presence of God so real. And that was her expression. But to anyone else, we have no idea why she worshiped the way she did. And we tend to say, hmm, might want to tone that down just a bit. <laughs> no, Jesus was, that's what they were telling this lady. Look, she's wasting all this. Why is she doing this? Why is she pouring out this oil? That's, we could have done this. We could have sold it, given it to the poor. There, it's so much greater what God has, in, has for us. It, he said in verse 7, the poor you will have with you always. You can help them anytime you want. It doesn't mean we don't help them. But their excuse was, she wasted all this, and we could have done this and this and this with it. If it's to him, it's worth. It's worth it all. It doesn't mean we waste money, we throw it away. We... But to her, it was her money. She could do with it what she wants. It was her perfume. <laughs> she didn't say, hey, I'm going to give this to you, but first let me anoint Jesus. No, she, this was her act of worship, and she poured it out on him to glorify the one who had set her free. And that's where our worship is. And I want to encourage you when we worship, don't, don't feel limited. Don't, we don't draw attention to ourselves. We don't do it so others will see, but we give glory and praise to God. There's a, there's a balance, and we all know where that is. Pastor always says, if wildfire breaks out, there's enough wet blankets to put it out. That's by wet blankets, he means you and I. <laughs> but give worship to God. Don't do anything to say, hey, look at me, but do it unto him because he is worthy. And folks don't know what, we don't know what each other have been through. Some of us might know our close friends and what they've been through and the mess that they're in or one out or, you know, whatever it is. Give praise to God. These guys who were ridiculing this woman, had no idea. Jesus put them in their place and said, she's anointed me for my burial. When God prompts us, when God encourages us, we step in, out in faith, and we do. So that altar of incense is so we don't smell the junk of the flesh, the mess. Some of us have to praise out of... God's brought us through a lot. We're on the other side. And now we're a sweet aroma unto the Lord. I look around. I, I know some of your stories. I know some of you, you're spiritual today, but the life you led before Jesus was pretty, pretty rough. That's the miracle of the blood of Jesus that cleanses us. And now our praise is, to me, it's that much more. Amen? So that altar of incense is there. It, it doesn't disguise or cloud what, what's there behind us, but it brings a sweet aroma so that we can ent enter into the Holy of Holies. The fourth reason that I feel the altar is there is that the altar is a place where God speaks to us. This is a place of listening to the voice of the Lord after we have been cleansed, after we have offered ourselves as a living sacrifice, after we've worshiped God in a genuine way, we listen. 
we listen. And this morning, I had a, a number of folks tell me, God spoke to me. God said, this is, this is what I feel God asking me to do. And that's, that's really the emphasis I want to make tonight. I want to turn to uh, 2 Kings chapter 2. Oh, I, did, I did give it to you. 2 Kings chapter 2. This is a familiar story, but I thought it fit where we need to be. If my... Thank you. The company of the prophets at Jericho went up to Elisha and asked him, Do you know that the Lord is going to take your master from you today? Yes, I know, he replied, so be quiet. Then Elijah, you know, it's like, it's not a secret, but don't talk about it. You ever? Anyway. Then Elijah said to him, stay here. The Lord has sent me to the Jordan. And he replied, as surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So the two of them walked on. I will not leave you. The company of the prophets at Bethel came out to Elisha and asked, Do you know that the Lord is going to take your master from you today? Yeah, and again, yes, be quiet. Then Elisha said to, Elijah said to him, Stay here. Elisha, the Lord has sent me to Jericho. He said, I'm not going to leave you. You go to Jordan, not going to leave you. You go to Jericho, I'm not going to leave you. I won't read all the rest, but... Elisha said, I'm not leaving this place until I receive the anointing, the mantle. That is where we need to be at the altar, where we don't leave until we know we've heard from the Lord. There's so many things, and we could talk about what all those mean. This sermon isn't about that, but... There's so many distractions in life. There's so many things pulling us one way or the other. Yesterday, one of, one of my sons called me and said, hey, I'm taking the kids to see a movie. Would you like to go? And it was right at the time my favorite baseball team was going to play. And you know what the grand, a good grandpa does? They forget the game. I'm spending time with the kids. Because they're so much better than they, the grandkids are so much better than the kids. Any grandparent could tell me. <laughs> if you don't have them yet, wait. Hopefully you'll get some. Because in my mind, I'm thinking, and, and I was doing a little work here at the church, and in my mind, I'm thinking, well, that, that, that's starting right about the same time. And I'm like, forget that. Even though they lost and they won't be in the playoffs anymore, it doesn't matter. I have my grandkids. How, how many more times am I going to be able to spend with them? You know? Especially when they turn 14 and don't want to do you know, anything to do with anybody. <laughs> Take them when you can get them. And in my mind, I'm thinking that's, that's what God desires for us around an altar. He wants to pour himself. He wants to spend time with us. He wants to give of himself. 
And we're like, you know, I'd rather watch the game. Or I'd rather go do this. I'd rather read a book. How, how that must hurt the Lord. If, have you ever been told, no, you want to spend time with someone? And I know there's an old song. I won't say it the wrong way. The cat's in the cradle. I think that's the name. Cat's in the cradle and the silver spoon. How many of you? Okay, I know you're, you're Christians, but how many know? That? Okay. The song basically says, the dad's too busy for the son. Life goes on. The son gets older now, and uh, the dad wants to spend time with the son, and the son just repeats what his dad had said. I mean, it's a, it's a long song to tell a sad story about neglect. It's really about neglect. That's our Heavenly Father's calling us to Himself, calling us around His altar, calling us to commune with us, calling us for that time of, of prayer and communion with Him, and we're too busy. I want you to think about your life and, and how busy, we're busy because we make ourselves busy many times. And, and I love you guys so much, but so many people, and when I'm around here and doing things, I am busy. But I'm never too busy. Well, sometimes. I try not to be too busy for you to talk to me. But there are times, and those of you that know me well, you'll tell me something, and by the time I get around the corner, hey, uh, and I had this... Hey, I'm going to be out of town this weekend. You need to get somebody to teach this class. Okay. I go around the corner and said, what did they say? I know part of that's old age. But my response now is send me a text or an email to remind me so when I get to my desk on Monday morning, I can line somebody up to fill in, you know. But so, <laughs> so many, he says old age, so many times we uh, do that with God. He wants to just spend time with us. And we've put so much on our schedule. How much of that is just really, what they call it screen time now, where we're just sitting there watching something or checking what's happening, everybody else's life on Facebook or TikTok or I don't know what social media you might, or the news. Man, the news is depressing. Every time I watch it, I pray more. So it's good to watch it, I guess. I said, Lord, help us. But God's calling us to himself. God's calling us to his altar. God's calling us because he wants not just to spend time with us, but he wants to speak to us. He wants us to hear his voice, to know it. Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. I want to know when God speaks that it's God. How do I know? Because I've spent time with him and I know his voice. It's not some arrogance. It's not some, I'm better than anybody else. It takes time with the Lord to know his voice. And that voice, I've never heard the audible voice of God, and I would probably fall flat out when I do, if I do. Uh, 
But there's that, just that impression on my spirit. Go talk to this person. Or a scripture will come to mind or something. Hey, somebody's name will come to mind and I'll start praying for them. I'll grab the phone and call them. One time I stopped by someone's house, knocked on the door, said, I just, I want to check on you. And God had just put, put them on my heart. I couldn't reach them on the phone. Knocked on the door and they just broke down. They were going through a trial. That was difficult. What if I had not listened? What if I, sh- I shared this morning about some ladies that invited another lady to sit with them and talk? What if they hadn't obeyed the Spirit? It, it's not just about what they need, but that encourages me. When God uses me, it encourages me to want to do more for Him to want to be more obedient. And the Bible says you're, you're faithful in the little things who will make you ruler over much. Not that we want to be ruler, but God, I'm, I'm going to be faithful to hear you when, you when you ask me to do this. So now you're going to ask me to do even more. It doesn't mean it's going to be bigger, better, brighter. It doesn't matter. I want to be obedient to God. Say, Lord, here am I. Send me. So what are we wanting? What do we need to hear from God when we come to the altar? We've, we've said, Lord, forgive me of my sin. We brought a sacrifice to him, and we're offering up praise to him. Now we're at the place where we need to hear from God. I've been in those places where I said, God, I've got to know what you want. I've got to know what to say. I've, I've got to know. I've been in that place. I was pastoring a church, and... A, there was trouble in the camp. Trouble, I say. Anybody, that's a Music Man reference, if you don't know. We were having a business meeting coming up. This has no reference to ours coming up, all right? This is a totally different church. The one I was in is Daytona, all right? And uh, when I became, let me just back up. When I became pastor... There were 27 people voting for me to become pastor. I needed 18 for three-fourths, which was required by the bylaws to be the pastor. But there was a mess in that church, and I don't have time to go into all that. Some of you have heard the story. But I said, God, I called my dad. He's my spiritual advisor. I said, Dad, what do I do? He said, Son, if they elect you, you're the pastor. I said, Dad, I, I can't just... I need 100%. He goes, okay, that's your fleece. If, 100, if they vote you in 100%, you know God wants you there. So they vote me in 100%. A year later, I find out that the vote was really 18 to 9. And the ringleader of the nine stood up and said, well, since we've elected the pastor, I want to change my vote. And we all vote for him since he's going to be the pastor anyway. And they made it, a, everybody, they re-voted unanimous vote. Nobody told me till a year later when, the, when those same nine started working their magic, if you will. And I don't, it was a, a gossip train. Here's a young pastor. I was the second youngest male in the church, by the way, pastoring them. 
But that small, it didn't matter, you know. But God was moving, God was growing, and this trouble was brewing. And they, the, they were going to put, uh, they put a name forward for deacon, and he wasn't really right with God. So we said no. And so when we got to voting, he w- they wanted to vote him in as treasurer. A nomination from the floor came to put his name up as treasurer. And I get the, the ballots. I'm the chairman of the meeting, and I see his name. And I know he's not going to win, but something inside of me says, you know, <laughs> but let me back up. I got too far ahead. So trouble's brewing. I called this gentleman in and said, listen, the, the uh, pulpit, not the pulpit committee, the uh, board voted not to let your name run because you work at the ABC liquor store and it just wouldn't look right to have a board member that worked at the liquor store. I mean, I don't know about you, but. I, I, and I, I told the board as they, and I let them make the decision, but I said, I would feel really awkward taking a church check down for him to sign down to the liquor store. Just, it just doesn't sound right. And just, but spiritually he wasn't where he needed to be either. Anyway, so I bring him in my office to tell him we're not going to let his name run. And he almost breaks my door down as he slams the door out and says, I will, you know, not really nice words. And here this young pastor is, I'm just, (laughs) what do I do? I called my presbyter. Now, a presbyter is the overseer of the section of the area. And the presbyter told me, listen, if I come down there and fix all your problems, you're never going to be the pastor. I'm just going to have to come fix everything. I might as well pastor your church. I said, well, that's not what I'm asking. He said, yes, you are. Okay, so i got to do this myself. So I got on my face. I said, God, I've got to hear from you. I was kneeling down at my desk that very moment, crying my eyes out to God. God, i got to hear from you. What happens? The phone rings. A gentleman says, you don't know who I am, but I want to come meet with you. I said, come on. Doesn't matter. I'm just. And he walks in my office, and I didn't know him. He didn't, never been to the church. He told me everything going on in my church. So now I'm crying even more. It didn't dawn on me till that night that I'd been praying, God, come speak to me, give me a word. And God sent someone, not just on the phone, but to my face to face to tell me. And it just gave me that assurance to know God was with me. And I said, so when I, back to the business meeting, this is all, you know, prior. And and that name comes up and I, I just, I'm at the podium. I turn back and I just ask everybody to pray. And I, I turn my back on everybody and I begin to just pray, Lord, give me the strength. And I turned around and said, there's uh, probably not in the nicest way, but something inside. You know how you get that boldness? And I said, brother, if we felt like you wouldn't be um, able to serve as deacon, there's absolutely no way we're going to let you handle the money of this church. And I'm removing your name. And... um, 
from that moment on, we saw revival break out in the church. In less than uh, six months, we had over 100 people not uh, 100 people had given their heart to Jesus from the just the congregation going out and witnessing we were going door to door all these things but i thought what if i didn't stand and listen to the voice of the lord it's important when we ask god to speak to listen there are things that i have said to my children that were corrective. Hopefully you've corrected your children as well. It hasn't all been like, oh, just, just eat more cookies and everything will be all right. There are sometimes correction needs to be brought. And what I'm saying, sometimes when God speaks, it, it hurts a little bit. Because there's things in our life, he says, you know what, this, this part right here, it, we don't need to see that anymore. This attitude that comes up when a certain name is mentioned doesn't need to be there anymore. What, I don't know. Fill in the blank. Whatever it is, allow God to trim those things off. But come, as we come to the altar, let's listen to what God has to say. And I think the greatest thing we need to do as we surrender to him and say, Lord, use me, is allow him to use us. Step out in faith. God's impressing on your heart. So what do you need to hear from God about? Is it your purpose in life? Is it healing? Do you need to know what the call of God is on your life? Do you need to know his wisdom? How many times have I prayed, Lord, give me wisdom. Tell me, help me. What do I say? Where do I turn? Give me wisdom. What do I say to someone? How do I walk through this difficult situation? Lord, what direction should I be going? So let's approach God in the proper way. Let's approach God in the place where, Lord, you remember the old commercial, when E.F. Hutton speaks, people listen. <laughs> you can tell I watched a lot of TV as a kid. When God speaks... Don't just listen, but let's obey. And let's step out in faith and do what God is calling us to do. So we've, I think in the church, we constantly, hopefully in your relationship with God, you're not constantly at that sin altar. You're not always messing up, but... When we do, the Bible says he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and cleanse us. But let's move to the place where our worship is a sweet fragrance and he is speaking to us. You're never too old to let God use you. I don't know if I would have said that 20 years ago, but the older I get, the more I have to say it. We're never too old. The majority of Sunday school teachers in our, in our church right now, and all, I would say the, the majority of workers are uh, 50 and over. We have some, we have one lady in, 
80, I think, that's serving in the nursery. We do need some young people to step up. It's not an advertisement for them, but let God speak to you. Let God impress upon you to do his work and his will and be what he desires us to be.